0: Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this hour, of today's Homeowner Radio. Man, it's going to be a busy hour, too, because we're going to be talking about master bathroom renovation ideas, telling you about a few of the trends and tips that are out there and some of the things that people really want in those special areas of your home. Also, backsplashes. We talk a lot about them because they're extremely popular, but it gets a little tricky when you start going around those outlets or switches we'll tell you what to do and how to make it safe. Now when you think about blisters and peeling, no it's not a bad sunburn. It's a concrete <laughs> patio with a big big problem and we're going to tell the homeowners exactly what to do. Of course, we have a lot of emails to share with you and of course my co-host Joe Truini always shares a simple solution for us each hour. Joe, give us a little little heads up on this one.
1: This is a quick tip on rescreening a wooden screen door, which a lot of people might be doing this time of year.
0: So many of the screen doors, you know, the especially the older wood doors, are awesome. I mean, and they, they try,
1: you know how much it costs to replace some of those? They are oh, incredibly man. expensive. I, so, yeah, it's I a know, good, it, good idea and, to save and, them.
0: And the, the quality of the newer ones just don't right. make, you know, they just the wood's different. It just doesn't hold up as well. And the wood's
1: so, thinner. It's like three-quarter yeah. inch. It used to be an inch and a quarter. Yeah,
0: Exactly. So it does make a difference to hold on to those old screen doors any way you can. Well, we look forward to that in just a little bit. But we want to hear from you. Anything that we can do, you can send us an email right now at todayshomeowner.com slash ask or you can go to our uh, today's homeowner hotline at any time 800-946-4420 we got some great calls on the hotline this week let's go to a few of those calls right now
2: i have a question regarding Cedar fencing, trying to preserve the look of it with Thompson's
0: water sealer. Well, I'll tell you, um, on um, it's you know trying to preserve the look of because you know what happens with cedar, it gets out in the weather, it's going to start graying. It starts out kind of a reddish color, and it starts getting gray. Some people like that, some people don't. And you can clean it well. You might look into a, a wood. Brightener, generally called a deck brightener, pretty interesting that you can uh, apply this. It's not that expensive. It goes up one gallon goes a long way. You can apply it, and it really brightens up the wood. It opens, cleans the wood. It opens up the pores of the wood so that it can accept a stain. And that's where I would suggest you head with this: is instead of a clear sealer, go back with a semi-transparent stain and. Stain it cedar, just like it looked before, and that'll help you maintain that a lot. i tell you, uh, Joe, this week we ha- uh, were dealing with uh, one of the shows that we were taping for our television show. One of the parts of that, a, a wooden picnic table that had been sitting out and really, I mean, it was... They were ready to throw it yeah. away. But I checked it. The integrity was good. good. We cleaned it really well. And we put a coat of cedar stain on it. It looked brand new. I mean, yeah. it you know, we'd had to do a little sanding because it got a little rough there being out in the weather. But uh man, it was just awesome. So I think that's always a good, a good way to go when someone's wanting that look of cedar, whether it's for a fence or a deck or the, right. the siding on the outside of their house, cedar stain will help you maintain that better than just a clear sealer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The only time that you'd use a clear sealer in a situation like this is if you know it's going to turn gray as danny said in the weather and you don't want to keep applying a a semi-transparent stain to make it look like cedar then you can use a clear preservative it'll still help the wood last long even though it's cedar and it's naturally resistant to bugs and weather you know it's a good idea to put a clear wood preservative on it Um, because if you do stain it a cedar tone it will as danny said it'll look brand new look like brand new cedar but of course then it's going to turn gray and you're going to have to stain it again so it kind of depends on how much you want it to really look like cedar, and how much maintenance you want to do in the end.
0: All right, let's go back to the hotline for another call. Our bedroom walls have a bunch of cracks
2: in it. It's an older house, so we got a guy coming in here in a couple of weeks that's going to remud it and texture it for us. Uh, when we get ready to paint, uh, do we need to prime that first, or is the paint now that comes with primer in it good enough for that?
1: that's an interesting question i often wonder that myself
0: you know? yeah it's it's kind of one of those things that uh, of course with primer and paint in one being introduced right i uh, haven't really read any like uh, research studies on this how well it does being a little bit old school in some things like this um, i i would certainly say prime it before still use a paint with primer in it is perfectly fine But when you're talking about uh, drywall patches, and I don't know how much you're going to have on that wall, if you have some of the cracks there, as you referenced, there may be a lot of drywall mud on that wall, a drywall compound that'll need to be sanded. And it's so porous that you can really get some um, streaking or what do they call flashing through your paint if you don't prime it. So what what do you think, Joe? Um, For me, I would say prime it before you did any painting at all.
1: Yeah, especially in this case. I mean, to paint over raw joint compound or plaster, whatever it's going to be, absolutely have to prime it for that exact reason. It's going to soak up all that paint because it's very porous. And and then you could go over it with a paint or a paint and primer. And I think those paint with the primer in it work great when you're painting over a painted wall. But say something like this, do you want to come back later and try to repair it after that paint fails? No. So yeah, I would, and they, by the way, they do make primers specifically designed for going over raw drywall wall and joint compound, drywall sheets and joint compound. So I think Zinser makes one they're really, it's really pretty affordable. So definitely use that. I'll t-
0: tell you what, when I, when I built my new house and I, you know, had all of this raw drywall in here, a yeah. lot of it, I insisted on that. The painter said, yeah. no, nah, no, no, we don't do that anymore. Well, oh, we, no, you have we to. do here, we do here at my house. <laughs> and, um, he, and, and when he finished spraying, that uh, you know, with an airless sprayer, sprayed every bit of drywall, walls, ceilings, and everything, all at one time. And of course, now there were no doors in there, there were no appliances, or no, right, I mean, it was yeah. easy. You know, a little overspray, big deal, no problem. I, I'll have to say, after being in this house for three years, it really is worth. I can't see a single nail. I don't see anything. Of course, I don't have any nails on the drywall. It's all screws. Right. And yeah. uh, I mean, it really did um, hold up very well because I have a lot of, as you know, you've been in my house, a lot of sure. sun coming in if there was a problem with some flashing here and there, uh, you know, or that uh, bleeding through, you would see it very easily. That's when you'd see it. I don't see a single bit of it. Let's grab one more call here. Uh, We talked a lot about backsplashes, always talk about that. Uh, So let's find out what's going on here.
2: Yeah, I wanted to add a backsplash to my kitchen, and I was wondering if there's a way to do it without having to use grout.
0: Well, I know why he doesn't want to use grout, because grout <laughs> Cause can Because nobody be the, wants the, to use grout. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the problematic part of it. Well, I I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 Joe, did you explore this in, 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 in your tile book at all?
1: Yeah, there are mosaic tile sheets, even some peel-and-stick sheets that don't require grout, huh. you know, so you can, you can certainly do that. Now, if he's installing traditional tiles, yeah, you have to put grout. I mean, otherwise... You know, even though there's a backsplash wall, I mean, you don't want stuff getting between it. If he wants to put up tile and not grout, then just make sure he chooses a tile that indeed doesn't require grout. As simple as that yeah most of them are stone or marble or mar- marble stone or glass usually horizontal strips they kind of fit together they come in sheets you know and that's basically it yeah so just make sure it's designed for that though if it has grout joints then you have to fill it with grout and we have some great grout products custom building products make some great br- grout products that are pretty easy to apply um but you know like i said if it requires grout then you have to put it in
0: well I tell you um one of the things I learned a long time ago if you select the right tile to where you can put maybe a minimum grout joint like an 8th of an inch right um that that really you know I mean that's a good look because you you're you're seeing more tile than you are grout whereas you know when we've spoken to people about Mexican tile as an example some of those right. grout joints because of you know, it not being you know very uniform, some of those uh, grout joints can get probably half inch to three quarters of an that's inch. True. Boy, yeah. that's a that's a maintenance nightmare. So choosing is, that's yeah. a, that's that's a good one, especially when you're talking about the floor that gets the most abuse out of it.
1: Yeah. Well, what I love about grout, and I've worked on dozens and dozens of magazine articles and books and my own projects the thing i love about grout danny is when you lay your tile whether it's on a backsplash or a floor or a wall of a shower it looks great but what you're seeing are individual tiles you smear that grout across it and wipe it off and suddenly it becomes one like monolithic slab of tile you don't uh you don't see it
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: you know it's just beautiful i've never got tired of seeing that once the grout's been put on and washed off and look at Mm -hmm. like now it's complete
0: yeah, but I agree with If you with want to you.
1: avoid that, you can avoid that these days. Yeah.
0: All right. Good, good, good information from someone that knows a lot about that with that wonderful book that Joe wrote that's been extremely popular, that's available right now. Joe just put Joe Truini and Amazon and pick up that tile book. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about master bathrooms and some of the things you need to think about if you're considering renovating yours. You're listening to today's Home the Radio. We'll be right back.
3: Today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe.
0: Hey, we're so happy to be with you each and every week and so proud of the wonderful stations that carry the Today's Homeowner Radio across the country, including this one, WFTA 101.9 FM in Tupelo, Mississippi. We've got a lot of great stations all throughout the state of Mississippi. We want to hear from you. Pick up the phone and call us anytime, 800-946-4420. Send us an email, todayshomeowner.com slash ask. Right now we want to go to Georgia, talk to Denise and see if we can help you with any problem that you might have. Welcome to the show, Denise.
3: I'm having a situation. I'm not sure what to do. Um, I have a townhome. It was built in 2007 and I've been living there since 2009. Two story. It's the issue of the master bath. It's the original master bath and I've never done any updates. Um, I don't know if this is an expensive venture to try to do by myself or do I hire out? I have um outdated linoleum flooring up there. Uh there's a small stain from a cleaning product on the floor, not very visible, but um has the original garden tub and a very small shower. Both are fiberglass. Um do I remove the garden tub and expand the shower? What is the cost? Can you give me a you know guesstimate on if this is a, a very expensive project um, so what what are the best areas to focus on if I were going to do any update?
0: okay great question great situation um well first of all uh, well I have done hundreds and hundreds of master bathrooms and all of them have been a little bit different but one thing consistent is we remove a lot more garden tubs and we install um, it's just <laughs> it's just that okay. idea of having that that big space taken up in your, um, area there. And, and, and one, somebody told me one time when we were tearing their tub out is, you know, um, who has time to be sitting around in a tub like that these days? So that's, <laughs> that's right. I guess that's, that's part of it. But it is valuable real estate um, in an area there that, of course, you're going to use every single day. So removing the garden tub is a very popular approach to gaining more space there. And, of course, the other trend is larger showers, having a really nice large shower, walk-in shower that has maybe a seat, maybe has a couple shower heads and ways to control them and things like that are very popular, so utilizing that space you have with the tub and that just to enlarge it a little bit is a great way to go. The linoleum or vinyl that you have on the floor, most likely uh, you can go right down over the top of it if you wanted to upgrade a little bit to go with ceramic or luxury vinyl tile is very popular choices for that, but just the overall efficiency of the space that you have is really what you're going for. You want it to look good, no doubt about that, but you want to make sure that you're utilizing all of the space and that's where um, big advantage instead of second guessing things is to have a designer and you don't have to get some big high-end architect you can get a kitchen designer very easily I'm sure there's one in your area that can come out and recommend a few things and they'll come up with some ideas you would have never thought about it doesn't have to be crazy way over the top they can take a very practical approach to it but i think that would probably be a very good move so that you're because once you do it you want to do it right and the good news is too It's going to help the value of your home. Now, you won't get back dollar for dollar, but when people are looking at all of the different townhomes in your area that are for sale and they see that really sweet-looking master bathroom, that's going to be a big advantage for you when uh, you get ready to sell your townhome.
3: That was another question about would it increase the value of my townhome. Just say, for instance, if I take it, keep it another five years. I get five years of happiness out of that space. I guess.
0: Yeah, you'll be surprised. Like I say, can't say dollar for dollar. Some of the recent studies probably show you're going to get back about 80 80 percent of the money that you spend on it. But again, if it if, if if people are looking for you know apples for apples and they go in there versus another one that you have, they go, you know what, that that bathroom is. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Those bathrooms do sell houses as well as uh, kitchens. Probably are the primary one, but I think you can't go wrong on that.
3: Okay. Okay. Should I add? You know that they sell that trim around a big. It has double sink, double vanity, and then the, the I call it the apartment mirror. It's just like a big mirror going straight across. Should I put? trim
0: around that uh, mirror? Oh, I think I, I think it's yeah. a great a great thing to do there. And as long as the mirror is in good shape and it's not desilvering or anything like that, many, many times you can get a trim carpenter to build a frame that basically can glue or or very carefully screw, um uh, you know, here and there on it and can make a, a, a big difference in it. Joe, we've done, uh, you've seen that happen a lot in bathrooms because if there's nothing wrong with the mirror, no need in taking it down. just enhance it a little bit
1: right you just have to be careful putting up that trim and Denise I want to share with you some a stat a statistic that Danny and I um, spoke about on the radio a week or two ago the latest cost figures for converting a bathtub into a shower the national average is about nine thousand dollars right so that includes ceramic tile on the walls a new acrylic shower pan meaning the floor of the shower a new Mm -hmm. shower valve and shower head and a glass door. So you're looking at the the average, the national average ranges from eight to 15,000 with most people paying around 9,000. So that's what you're looking at for that. And as far as saving money, any demolition that you can do ahead of time that doesn't require any particular talent or skill that you'll just learn along the way, you can certainly do that if you if you want to go over the existing floor as Andy suggested. Fine. If you think you want to tear it up, that you could do. If you're replacing any cabinetry, you can start to dismantle some of that. So there is work that you can do, but for the most part, this is going to be a job you're going to have to hire out. And to reduce costs, don't let anybody into talk into moving plumbing cuz that's what really drives okay. up the cost. If someone says, "Well, the vanity would be better on the other side of the wall." Yeah, maybe, but who's going to pay to have all that plumbing moved? So, try not right. to move it, try not to move anything that's already plumbed in place. Okay.
3: Okay, that's good to know. That's yeah. very good to
0: know. Well, you're you're smart. You're smart to do your research. A lot of times people will jump in and and not ask any questions. So you're you're doing the right thing, Denise, and I hope the project turns out really good. If you're running into anything, you know what to do. Just give us a call.
3: I will. Thank you so much, and I appreciate both
2: of you.
0: Okay, our pleasure. You take care and have a great weekend. Yeah, that's great when somebody can really lay out what they want to do. That's just so important. Let's go right back to our emails. You okay. certainly encourage you to send us one at today's slash ass. That's what Rants in North Carolina did. Said, "My central air conditioning condenser sits on a concrete pad right outside my living room. It produces quite a racket when the motor kicks <laughs> on. Do you know if there's a way to reduce the noise from the unit?" Well, um, one thing you could do, um of course, planting anything around it will help absorb a little bit of the general noise, but I know that 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 clunky kind of a sound that right. Rance is talking about is is hard to um to quieten down you know very much now, I don't know if um I've seen a lot of condenser units being placed on these thick rubber pads that um, would help yeah maybe that helps a little bit but i think um i think that's just what you're going to have to do i would suspect that maybe the sound of this has gotten worse over the years because, you know, a lot of times that's a sign of a bearing going out mm-hmm. or something along those lines. So maybe with a little bit of um, discrete landscaping around it, as well as those rubber pads would uh, reduce it a little bit. And And the next time you have your unit serviced, ask the serviceman saying why is it why is that happening like that they may be able to do something that also quietens it down
1: that's exactly right cuz you don't know if this is a, ba- a part that's going to eventually that's gone bad and is eventually going to shut the whole unit down so if it's making a lot of noise a lot more noise than it used to definitely have that checked out and if everything checks out fine in the unit which he should have it checked you know once a year anyway if everything checks out mechanically, it's sound and operating normally. They do make, you can ask the ask the HVAC technician to put on, I forget what they call it, Danny. I think it's called an acoustic compressor blanket or something like that. Yeah. It's essentially yeah. It's essentially a sound blanket wrap mm-hmm. that they yeah. put around the compressor. And mm-hmm. they have to install it because if it's installed incorrectly, it could cut down the efficiency of the unit. Um, but in any case, that would be a last resort because well, what, what else are you going to do? You can't move it. You know? Right. So so that's what I would suggest have it checked out mechanically and if necessary put on one of these compressor blankets.
0: Well that uh, question came in through email and we would uh, again encourage you to do the same today's slash ask When we come back we're going to talk about Backsplashes Backsplashes are so popular. There's a few things you need to think about, especially when you start approaching those outlets or switches. You've got to do that safely and do it right so that it looks good and safe for your family. We'll tell you all about it when we come back here on today's Homeowner Radio.
3: Today's Homeowner Radio, here are Danny and Joe.
0: Always glad to be with you each and every week and hope you're receiving the Today's Homeowner newsletter. It's very easy to go to todayshomeowner.com slash newsletter, sign up today. You'll get a weekly email that'll tell you all about things you need to think about during particular times of the year and just a few little tips. We throw a simple solution in there, a lot of great information, and it's completely free. Again, all you have to do is go to todayshomeowner.com slash newsletter and sign up today here's another a call that came in on the today's homeowner hotline this week
2: we had a uh, question about um tile in the kitchen and being able to bring the outlet out the distance or the thickness of the tile in order to put the cover plates back on and it looked like how do i bring those wall units out because they're going to be recessed once the tile's on the wall
0: Good question and something that, um, that that stomps a lot of people because, you know, there's a lot of real easy ways to install backsplashes. And um, please go to todayshomeowner.com and check it out. You'll see where we've used Simple Mat from our buddies at Custom Building Products. And you can look at, you know, you can Google Simple Mat and see exactly what it is. But it's the easiest way to install a backsplash I've ever seen. But, when you get up to the outlets and you're cutting around those outlets, you want to cut them pretty tight. You want to be careful when you're playing with that outlet because it's better to turn the power off. And then the flanges of the outlet, if you cut the tile right, can fit over the tile and support it. You may have to get longer screws to really secure that well, and that will work fairly well. But Joe, to really do it right, those little electrical extensions is is really a necessity for the safe operation of it.
1: Yeah. um, The first time I stumbled across this problem many, many years ago, I realized, wait a minute, this must happen all the time. I'm sure there's a solution. So I went down to the electrical store and they had outlet extension rings, I think is what Mm -hmm. they're generically called. There's little plastic rectangular rings that fit over and what they allow you to do of course is they fit into the hole and then you pull the outlet out and mount it to this extension ring and that brings it flush because that's the kind of problem if you're not familiar with it you tile your backsplash then you're like oh wait a minute now what do i do (laughs) the the outlets are sunk in you know whatever sometimes as much as a half an inch and you can't just put the plates back on it because the outlets recess too far so that that's the solution is just get these outlet extension rings sometimes they're called extenders Um, and just slip them over the outlet, screw them in place, and you're all set. You you must have a video of that online, right, Danny?
0: Yeah, yeah, we definitely have that. You can go to todayshomeowner.com and and put in installing backsplashes, and there's several videos that do do address that, you know, and it is important because a a kitchen is one area that you're plugging and unplugging a lot of appliances, and boy, if that thing's not secure, how how aggravating is it to be jumping around, moving around? That's not good, and it's not safe, especially if you're like at Joe's house and you're plugging that blender in all the time. (laughs) I got to plug my blender in. I don't don't
1: unplug my blender. Why don't you just leave your
0: blender plugged in there, Joe? I have it
1: hot-wired right into the circuit breaker. I'm always running that blender. Sometimes I don't even turn it off. I just run it in case case I want to drop in a banana.
0: That's right. Yeah, or I was thinking more uh, like your daiquiris, you know.
1: (laughs) That's when Danny comes to visit.
0: (laughs) Hey, let's go to our um, emails again. We appreciate getting emails from you. This one, um, you know, because here's what happens. You might have a little issue at your home. You write an email or you give us a call on the hotline, and you'll be surprised at the thousands and thousands of other people that wish they had asked the same question. So right. you know, don't, don't hesitate. There's no bad questions. We love getting them. This one came in from Minnesota where we have a lot of listeners there. Marie asked, a few months ago, I put in a rubber back throw rug in front of my kitchen sink, and I noticed now it has caused deep yellow stains on the final floor. What can I use to remove the stain without damaging the floor? Thanks, and I love listening to you and Joe every single weekend. Well, we appreciate oh, you. that, Maria. Um, now, Joe, I don't know what's caused the yellow stains like that, and, of course, if it's something that's caused the stains from the you know the top of the right. vinyl floor versus some things in bathrooms where you actually have water coming up underneath, which you, you can't do anything about. What do you think Maria can do on this?
1: Yeah. And all vinyl flooring its known as resilient flooring is a technical name. They all have a clear wear layer. And if that wear layer, which protects the the, the pattern, the color that's in the flooring, if that wear layer wears out, then it becomes more porous and more susceptible to staining. And then maybe there's some kind of reaction from the rubber Maybe it's gotten a little bit of wet, got wet occasionally. So anyway, the solution is the first thing I would try, actually I didn't think of just think of this till just now, those magic erasers. I think they're sold like Mr. Clean makes a a brand, but I think a lot of companies make them now. And I'm not even sure what they are, but they work. I hear all the time it works great, especially on vinyl. What you do is you wet it, that's the key. You wet it, you squeeze out the excess water, and you just erase. What other staining is? So I would try that first because that'd be the easiest. If that doesn't work, then she'll have to go to water and baking soda. You know, s- spray a little water on the floor, put a nice layer of baking soda on there, let it sit for a few minutes, then buff it off with a with a soft cloth or a brush and see if that remains it removes the staining. That's about the only thing I'd recommend. And then of course you can't put this rug back down, so either you have to get a different rug or I'm not sure. I wouldn't even put another pad underneath it because maybe the pad will affect this floor. So I'm not sure what the solution would be. Maybe get another rug that has a better backing to it. Um, But that's the way to remove the staining, I think, from a vinyl floor.
0: That sounds pretty simple and uh, uh, best of luck on that. And again, we appreciate you listening to Joe and I every week here on today's Homeowner Radio. Kathy in Iowa City, Iowa says, we have a fireplace that has a hole in the rear firewall. Can this be repaired? Can I do it myself or must I call a contractor? Um, yeah, boy, you could,
1: should repair it too. because Yeah, what if this could be really serious. Don't, don't have yeah. any
0: more fires in there until you yeah, get this addressed. Right. And I'm not sure um, why it has a hole in it. Maybe there was a, an access panel that um, mm-hmm. fell off or something or rusted out, or it may be a rust you know, um, a rust hole. I had a friend of mine that had a terrible fire in his house as a result of a firebox that didn't know that water was getting on top of it. It mm. rusted out. Embers wow. went up into the chase and caught the house on fire. Fortunately, Jeez. nobody was hurt and they were able to repair it fairly easy. But on this one, uh, it's time to call a pro. Call yep. them around, find out where um you know, the company in your area there in Iowa City does a lot of fireplace installations, or the chimney sweeps that clean and inspect these things, and they have ways of repairing it. And uh, you might even get a couple different. Um, you know, um, opinions on it, but uh, not something you want to do yourself. You want someone that really can look at it closely because if it's a hole that's developed because of rust, there's a reason that rust has formed. All of that right. needs to be addressed. So, Kathy, uh, get on that. Let's don't have any more fires in that fireplace until you get it looked at by a professional. Hey, you're listening to today's Home on a Radio. When we come back, we're going to be talking about making that bubbly, blistery concrete Outback look a whole lot better. You're listening to Today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back.
3: Welcome back to Today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe.
0: So glad you're with us this week and every week and hope everything that you're working on is going smooth for you. Of course, if not, just give us a call, send us an email, and we're happy to help you any way we can. Right now, we're going to go to Nevada. Steve is on the line. Steve, welcome to the show. We appreciate you listening to the show. And uh, uh, tell us what's going on around your house.
2: So my house was built in the mid-90s, and there's a good-sized concrete patio that's original to the house. At some point, a previous owner painted the whole patio with some kind of concrete paint. And now the paint is blistering, it's peeling off. There are a lot of bare spots exposing just bare concrete. And it apparently has been going on for quite a while because you can see where someone tried painting over some of the earlier bare patches. But the outlines of those patches show right through the paint they put down. So I don't think I could just paint patches. I'm going to have to repaint the whole patio. And it'll probably have to have a, a real consistent, smooth surface without any of these these bumps or bare spots. It's peeling off pretty easily, like where it's blistering and it's peeling. It, even when I use a leaf blower, little pieces come flying wow. off. Yeah. <laughs>
1: hey, Steve. Now you know why Danny and I recommend not
0: painting concrete. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: I wish one of those past owners had taken your advice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Approximately how large is this, Steve?
2: It's a good size. It's about 25 by 15.
0: Well, i tell you what, um, in looking at the, the picture, it certainly reminds me of a bad sunburn I had one time. Um, is it, is, <laughs> it's, it's looking pretty rough there. But right, I'll t- yeah. I i tell you what, you do have to get all of that off. And yeah. going and renting a sander, a floor sander, they can be very easy to use, but it takes just a little practice before... Uh, you can feel very comfortable with it. I mean, if you remember the old janitor at the schoolhouse and he has it and he's just (laughs) going back and forth, back and forth. Well, he's done it a few times, but if you'll get one of those and tell them what you're doing, they will give you a couple different pads to put on that. One will be a little more aggressive than the other, Uh, but you get that more aggressive one and you get out there, get away from the wall a little bit, plug it in and real carefully play with it a little bit. Maybe look at a YouTube video on advice on how to use it. And if you get out there and get in the groove on that, you can cut all of that coating and finish right down to the bare concrete Uh, It may not take that long on, even though that's a sizable patio, you'd be surprised what you can do in an hour to two hours with one of these machines. And that way you're sanding all of the bad stuff off of it. And then you can clean it, clean it, make sure that you get everything out. Might have to do a little hand work around the edges and so forth. And then you might just say, this looks good enough. I'm just going to put a clear sealer on it. If that's the case, you can put two or three coats of a clear masonry sealer and you're good to go. Or if you want to still introduce some color in it, then you could explore concrete stain, no paint. Don't use any paint. Concrete stain that'll soak down into that pores because when you sand it like that, it's going to create a more porous surface. So putting the stain on there will soak in and hold up a lot better than what you've experienced. Now. Also, one of our sponsors and somebody we believe strongly in, Deitch Coatings. Man, they have some coatings for concrete that are incredible. And you may go to Deitchcoatings.com, D-A-I-C-H, coatings.com, and check out um, some of the things that they have because that also is another alternative and one that can really upgrade the look of that patio overall.
2: That sounds great. So it would be one of those... Like a circular sander, as opposed to like a belt sander. Yeah, before. no belt
0: sander. Yeah, don't don't uh, not. That's uh, for hard. Yeah, it's wood. called a drum
1: too, sander that yeah, you that's, don't
0: want. That's too aggressive. But the the floor. Uh, it's you know sometimes they use it for floor polishing. But the a, a regular um, floor sander like that, that you have the handles and the little lever at the top of it. It can do a lot of work within a controlled manner and uh, you'll create quite a bit of dust. I would recommend some um, eye protection and a respirator or dust mask just so that you you know aren't inhaling anything that's coming off of there. But you might be surprised at how quickly you can get that down to, to nice, bare, um, stainable concrete.
2: That sounds great. That's a lot easier than I was uh, anticipating, either scraping it all off or putting Something over on top of the old paint, so I could repaint everything. But this sure, things like sure. that, a much well, easier solution. I appreciate
0: it. Well, give us give it a try and let us know how it turns out for you, uh, because there, I know right now there are thousands of people listening that are dealing with the same thing, and they're leaning in, saying, "Okay, what what what's the solution?" And uh, so we really feel that sanding it down will be the best uh, approach for you. And Steve, we appreciate you being a part of the show today.
2: Absolutely! I just want to tell you guys, I have been watching you on TV. Seems like forever. In <laughs> fact, every time you guys come on, I feel like it's family. You're like oh, the two cut up uncles that <laughs> always totally show up at every family gathering <laughs> and everybody laughing.
0: Well, we'll we'll take that. We 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 will take that as a compliment and certainly appreciate that. And uh, this is our 25th year on national television, so uh, we're having a ball with it.
2: That'd be great. Thanks a lot.
0: Okay, absolutely, Steve. Thanks for calling. Have a great weekend. Always good to hear from people that um, routinely watch our TV show as well as uh, listen to our radio show. Hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We're going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere.
3: Welcome back to today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe.
0: So glad to be with you each and every week. And this is a time where we shifted over to Joe and let him share another simple solution with us. Joe, I did want to mention to you, uh, I meant to mention any time we have some fishing stories and everything. Um, I was down at my boat dock the other day, and the first time I threw out something happened. I thought I maybe got hung on a log or something, but I fought this fish for over an hour and I brought in a three foot long redfish. I have it mounted on the wall. Yeah. Unbelievable.
1: Wait a minute. What's today's date?
0: April Fool's Day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Almost had him. I've been fishing with Danny way too long. Like, wait a minute. When you said you mounted it and you didn't eat it, I knew something was up.
0: (laughs) Wow. That was like reeling in a fish right there. Almost, but I got off the
1: hook right at the end. Like most of the fish you hook, I got off right at the end. Uh, well, that was a good one, though. Danny. Well, at
0: least I don't do like uh, my friend Wiley does. He sends What's me that? these pictures of fish all the time. And yeah. then when he's really pressed, I'll say, well, you know, what did you use? What You know, yeah, yeah. he doesn't have the answers to that because he will go up and say, hey, I'll give you $5 and let me take a, a picture with your fish. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. I know he yeah. does that from time to time. Okay, back to business. Here okay. with us that simple solution.
1: All right, Danny. When re-screening a wooden door, a wooden screen door... The most challenging part for anyone, pro or DIYer, is getting the replacement screen to fit really tight and flat. There's nothing worse than a a wrinkly screen that blows in and out with the wind. It should be perfectly flat and and rigid. So here's the simple trick to ensure that the screen fits tight every time. First, after removing the old screen in the spline, of course, lay the door down and slip a one by 2 under each end. And then what you do is you clamp down the middle of the door right? So what you're doing is creating a bow in the door frame, and now you install the new screen and the new spline. Sometimes you can going to reuse the spline, the old spline, but it's so cheap, I always recommend just, you know, using a brand new spline, and you roll in the new spline. Now when you unclamp that door, what happens, of course, it'll straighten out and it'll stretch that screen tight as a drum. So that, that's the simple solution. Clamp it down with a little bit of a bow in it
0: first. You know, I've done that, and boy, it works so well. It sounds a little yep. complicated, but it's not at all. And um, that just that little because the, you know, screen depending on what kind you have has a fair amount of flexibility in it. So if you get it nice and taut like that, it'll hold up for a lot longer, yep. and of course, it looks a lot better. Another great simple solution from my buddy Joe Truini. You can see a whole lot more at today'shomeowner.com/slash/simple-solutions. While you're there, check out where you can find the Today's Homeowner Television Show, and I guarantee you can find it. We're available available on every single television in the United States, either through our streaming platforms or our new shows in, in our syndicated model. And you can find out exactly where you can see it. But this week, it's all about a closet divided. Yes, we took on a closet here that ha- it had um, her side, his side, and they both have different needs and different type of clothing, different kind of storage needs. And we figured it all out. Chelsea did a great job in utilizing some existing stock cabinets. And we came up with a great idea of how to access the laundry room that was in an adjacent room through simply cutting a hole in the wall, putting a cabinet door there that you know, think think about it. We bought the cabinet door for $2 from Habitat from Humanity store, and bargain. put it yeah. in. And it worked just fantastic. So check us out there and also on all of our streaming platforms. You can see us on Exumo, Tubi, Freevee, Pluto, Roku, as well as Vizio Smart TV. We have our own channel there and LG Smart TV as well. So a lot of different ways that you can see the Today's Homeowner television show. And of course, you can always go to Today's dot Homeowner.com, and check out many, many shows there, as well as radio shows, and we have several podcasts that go out every week, and just check it out, and all you have to do is look for Today's Homeowner there. Joe, thanks so much for being with me each and every week. Of course, I my pleasure. everything that you bring to the show, and certainly our producer, Jacob Scarborough, our engineer, Corey Wilson, and the whole Today's Homeowner family. Wishing you a great week, and be careful on April Fool's Day here Abba, yeah, we certainly appreciate you being with us and hope you'll be back next week here on today's Homeowner Radio.